good day, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Pugliafito, and I'm here today with a friend and colleague, Dr. Johanna Seddon, who is Professor of Ophthalmology and Director of the Macular Degeneration Center of Excellence at the University of Massachusetts Medical Center. Uh, welcome, Johanna. Well, thank you, Carmen. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about this important topic. Uh, you've been recognized as a pioneer in epidemiology and genetics of macular degeneration. And um, it's amazing how this field has contributed now directly to therapeutic advances. Um, what are your thoughts about uh, the genetic basis of our current treatments of current experimental treatments of geographic atrophy? Well, it's a, a very important question. I'll just go back in history a little bit. If we, uh, we uh, looked at uh, twins back in the 80s uh, using the World War II twin registry to dissect the relative contributions of genes and environment on AMD. And we found that AMD was highly heritable with up to 70% of advanced AMD explained by genetic factors. Uh, but there was also an important environmental component of about 30%. And around the same time in the early 1990s, we conducted familial aggregation studies to support efforts to search for the genes and found that family members had about a threefold increased risk if one of their family members had advanced AMD. So both twin and family studies pointed toward this role of genetics. Since then, many many genes have been discovered. So it's definitely an important topic. And in fact, since 2005, about 51 variants and over 30 genes have been associated with AMD. Many of these are in the complement and immune pathways which regulate the pathway. And genetic variants lead to dysregulation and overactivation of the complement pathway and higher risk of developing AMD. So, after the initial discovery of the CFH genes, our team found new genetic variants in CFH, also new genes in the pathway CFI and C3, and this is all gonna lead up to what I'm gonna talk about in terms of treatment. And all these common variants have low to moderate impact. Then we discovered variants in the same pathway that are rare, so they're much less common in the population, but they have very high impact with risks as high as 20 fold higher if you have these variants. These are variants in the genes CFH, C3, CFI, and C9. And loss of function in CFH or CFI or gain of function in C3 alters the balance toward excessive complement activation, which can lead to tissue damage. So there are many therapeutics now being tested in this complement pathway for GA. And we can go over a few of those right now, if that's would be of interest. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, you've provided a really excellent summary of, of the complement cascade pathway. And now let's talk about the, some specific therapeutics. Yeah, for uh, C3, there is a C3 antagonist, which blocks C3 this uh, C3 protein from cleaving to form C3A, and which C3A triggers the final common pathway. So there, this is aimed at uh, anta an, an antagonist for C3 
and to uh, dampen that overactivation of the complement pathway. And those studies are now in phase three trials. And then that's one target is C3. And then there is another target in C, uh, targeting CFI by an adeno-associated viral vector or AAV against CFI among individuals with certain rare CFI variants. And that is delivered subretinally. For CFH, a precision medicine approach is administering a full length recombinant CFH protein replenishment for re individuals with factor H functional insufficiency and individuals with higher genetic susceptibility. So it's more of a precision medicine approach. That's delivered interbitrally. It's the only treatment aimed at restoring levels of functioning CFH to downregulate pathogenic complement activation. And moving along uh, or in the complement pathway for CFB, there's an anti-sense oligonucleotide inhibitor against CFB, which is administered subcutaneously targeting the gene expression level. And those are all genes that are known to be related to AMD based on genome-wide association studies and sequencing studies and so forth. There are other genes in this pathway that are being targeted that have not been associated with AMD per se, but they do play a role in the pathway. So those are C5. And one approach for C5 was an anti-C5 monoclonal antibody. Another approach is an anti-C5 aptamer, which is administered intervitrally, which is now in phase three trials. And they these C5 therapeutics prevent the cleaving of the C5 protein and prevent recruitment of inflammatory cells and subsequent activation of that final common pathway. No longer being tested how, uh, is another one, an anti-CFD antibody fragment that was administered intervitrally, but it did not show any uh, slowing of GA progression in phase three trial. So that is no longer being tested, the CFD mm -hmm. antibody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, then for neovascular MD, there's gene therapy aimed at expression of VEGF and gene silencing approach with an anti-VEGF antibody. So that's a, another gene-based therapy a, with, a, with a different mechanism. So there are a lot of trials in most in phase two, phase one, and a few in phase three now that are targeting various points along the complement pathway for geographic atrophy mainly. What about uh, the precision medicine approach? Is it, is it realistic to look for specific uh, variants and direct treatment to them? Or are the number of patients sufficient to justify the, this targeted approach? Well, that's a good question. Uh, the, uh, one of the companies targeting CFH is looking at also the common variant individuals who have the common CFH variant in addition to the rare variants. And the thought is that if it, there is proof of principle or effectiveness in those with known functional deficiencies in, in these genes, then that, that could maybe be applied to a broader population after that. So uh, that's the rationale. 
uh, at least two, uh, as mentioned, two companies are testing therapies aimed at individuals with higher genetic susceptibility. And, uh, you know, I think that it, it'd be interesting to see what those results are. And perhaps that's the future, uh, precision medicine. So just like in other fields, you know, what is your genetic susceptibility and aim of therapy based on your own personal risk? You, you referenced some very rare uh, variants that have a 20-fold time increase, 20-fold increase in uh, disease uh, probability. What are those and what do you think about those as ter therapeutic targets? Well, that was uh, specifically the, um, the uh, CFHR1210C mm -hmm. variant which is a rare variant with high penetrance and also causes earlier age of onset of AMD, much more likely to be familial, much more likely to have symmetrical disease in both eyes, much more likely to have numerous drusen in the macula and also outside extramacular areas. So it has a certain phenotype as well. And of all the variants discovered to date, it, it, it acts, acts more like Mendelian and autosomal inheritance compared to all the other variants that in this disease with complex genetics. Um, so I think that is a, definitely a, a target and that is included in the therapeutics that is uh, based on the CFH protein replenishment with the full length uh, recombinant protein. So we'll see what that shows. That's only in phase two studies right now, but it's definitely a therapeutic target. Who's doing that phase two trial? The phase two trial is being done by Gemini, uh, Gemini Therapeutics and full disclosure, uh, I was, uh, I'm a scientific co-founder of that company. I'm not employed there, but I am, a, a, one of the scientific co-founders of, of Gemini Therapeutics. Well, exciting to see uh, basic, basic research being translated into potential clinical changes. What about CFI and that approach? Yes, uh, that's another therapeutic. Uh, that's Gyroscope. I'm not, a I'm not affiliated with Gyroscope, but they are doing a different kind of approach, a subretinal uh, AAV vector, gene therapy approach, and they also are targeting individuals with high genetic susceptibility, individuals with certain functional CFI variants, genetic variants. So, you know, we'll look at, you know, follow that very closely too, to see how well they do. And they're also targeting geographic atrophy. The, what do you think about the approaches uh, used by Apellis and uh, Zymora Apellus and Iveric, where they're really going, they're not using genetic susceptibility, they're really targeting either C3 or C5. What do you think about those approaches in terms of uh, rationale and probability of success? Well, it's hard to, to predict, of course, <laughs> um, but I think the rationale is good. I, you know, the first C3, it's a, a gene that's known to be related to AMD. The com there are common variants related to AMD. There are rare variants in C3 that are related to AMD that we found. And 
you know, I think it's a sound approach. It's a, again, blocking C3 from cleaving to form C3A and which triggers the final pathway. And they uh, have shown some promising results in phase two studies and now they're in phase three. So, you know, I, I, def I think it definitely has a good rationale. What about uh, C1Q inhibition as proposed by Anexon? What about that approach? What, where, where, where does C1Q fit into this cascade? Yeah, C1Q, I, uh, uh, the, it, it has a, a little bit, uh, it's not as definitely uh, related in genetic studies for AMD, but again, um, if it's you know part of the pathway, then you know it's, it's it has a rationale because it's part of the same pathway. So, uh, are we at the point where we need to genetically characterize our patients with geographic atrophy and dry ARMD? Well, I I'm not sure. I mean, you know, we should also think about other pathways at this point too. Uh, there are genes related to HDL. Some increase risk and others decrease risk. And these in genes include LIPC, CETP, ABCA1. And we know that lipids build up in Brooks membrane with AMD. They are a major part of Drusen. So maybe targeting lipid transport pathways to lead to new treatments. And important gene on chromosome 10, we haven't talked about ARMS2, HDR1. Although of uncertain mechanism at this point, there it's also being targeted, especially for. Uh, exudative AMD. And then there are other genes in the extracellular matrix pathway, like COL4A3, COL-A1, and others. And there are other genes in the DNA repair, protein binding pathways that are related to AMD. There are many possibilities for targeting other pathways other than complement. So to answer your question, I, I think, you know, it, maybe precision medicine is not standard of care now, but it could be that if these, any of these therapies are successful and are more highly related and or more successful in individuals with certain genetic predisposition and maybe other pathways uh, will have therapeutics aimed at that, at, at those pathways. I, I think it's a matter of time actually. Um, you know, there's no, right now there's no proven treatment based on genetics, right? So Genetic testing isn't routinely recommended, but I predict right. this will change. And um, I think it will change. And I think it's only a matter of time and not a long time necessarily before genetic testing and application of say prediction models, predicting who will progress to advanced AMD and who will not, which are very, very good predictive models now that we and others have developed. And I think it's only a matter of time uh, that this will be part of clinical care for AMD too. What about, uh, uh, we, we know that there's tremendous commercial activity on the complement pathway side. On the non-complement pathway, are there, uh, is there commercial activity trying to develop agents? Yes, I am not aware of that. There's um, ARMS2HR1, a chromosome 10 that I mentioned. Uh, there's a lot of activity around that. Um, and uh, for the genes in uh, HDL pathway uh, that I mentioned, or the collagen vascular extracellular matrix pathway, I'm not 
aware of any at, at this time, but I, I, there's a lot of interest in those uh, other what's, other pathways as well. So we'll we'll watch and see where where they where they go. Where what's what's the approach for the chromosome ten related uh, pathway? Um, there's. Uh, I would have to actually uh, look at that a little more carefully. Mm -hmm. um, but there, there's a gene therapy approach that's being, uh, you know, evaluated, um, and uh, and there's also some uh, interest in um, protein uh, replenishment, uh, HCR1 protein, and contrary to the approach of um, the antagonist toward uh, the, the, the protein uh, product. So it's being approached in different ways. So you've been working on genetics of macular degeneration for decades. Are you surprised at all the progress that has been made and that we're really on the verge now of maybe having some real clinical tools? Um, I'm not surprised. I um, think it's a very exciting field at this time. It makes a lot of sense to target the biologic pathways that are involved in this disease. And the, the complement pathway being a major one um, is certainly right for a um, different approaches because of the complexity of that pathway and how many different genes in that pathway are related to AMD. So um, I'm not surprised and I look forward to seeing the results of some of these studies as they go move from phase two, hopefully to phase three. So. Well, Johanna, thanks so much for your time today. And it was an exciting review of, of the genetics of the therapeutic approaches. And I've got to believe that something is going to work. I, I think we're going to have a success along the way here. We're not quite sure where that is, but I think we will. And thanks so much for your time today. And thanks for being on Retina Synthesis. All right. Thank you, Carmen. And I appreciate uh, the interest in this area and look forward to talking more as we get more results on these studies.